This time on TNT. We're back in the 80s, buds. The safety dance has gone global. BC. And what's going on with my Oilers? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. Can you believe the 80s are back? Yeah, the 80s are back. It's 280. Episode 280. By the way, unbelievable. 280. 280 hours of this. Yes. Crazy. And here comes the next one right now, starting with the men without hats performing safety dance on global TV (laughs) in (laughs) BC. So, seven in the morning. can you guys be in there at 5.30 to set up and we'll just do a quick line check and then uh, you're good to go? <laughs> I sent this to you so you know what's going on here. But oh, I, yeah. I ask everybody at home to... to well, I'm going to pause it. I ask everybody at home to get on the YouTube and find this Men Without Hats perform safety The dance. song holds up big time. Hashtag global news. Hashtag That's safe to say find. not many of the original members of the band are still I there. Don't, I don't think anybody from the real band is the original band is in here. But the voice is iconic. But, and um, the keyboard player, I did notice, sneezed during the intro. <laughs> yeah, the, there's a there's a bit of a cough to get the like just to get the start of the song. Bless going her heart. So it, it, it happens. And also it's a time, live live performance tv is usually uh driven by an urgency that is gloriously unpresent here as uh, hold on one second rebels going crazy because uh lisa and annalise are back from their piano lesson ah so just uh excuse rebel yelling right now wait it's a rebel yell it's a rebel yell yeah it is. Um, okay, so this is Men Without Hats on Global. What What is the year? Does it say? Like, this was recently. I believe it's 2012. Yeah, okay. 2012. So yeah. it's not the 80s when they're doing this. But the song no, is but still a, a bit. It is. Yeah, so we're going to have fun with the 80s in some regard. I'm home. Uh, reference, at, yeah, throughout this, this two 80s episode. But here we go. This is the music of my people. Yeah, it starts with a cough with a little reverb. The keyboard player. <laughs> and there's the singer. He's kind of nodding with sunglasses, Bono kind of sunglasses. He looks a little bit like the restaurants and possible kind of guy. Remember that Robert Irvine? Oh, he's okay. Hold on a sec. I feel like the intro off is the, maybe too long by half. That's what I was going to say. Top, I just I, I felt that I needed to say that he looks like that restaurant and possible guy. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, f- I feel like he has kind of Max Headroom vibes. <laughs> it is kind of a Max Max Headroom vibes. Okay, so I'm going to turn it back on here and then... But there is... Okay, he, uh, there's, a new, there's an intro on it where he actually fires out the safety dance with the S's and the A's. Did you hear that? Yeah, but I need to hear it again. Yeah, I'm going to take it back to the start of it. Here we go. Boom. S-S-S-A-A-F-F-E-E-T-T-Y-Y-Y. 
Jer, I need you to go back to the start because I need to know how many bars before this. How many bars from the start before you the and then I'll spell it out. Are... <laughs> like, like the cough? Is like yeah, yeah, when take the it back to the very, starts? very start. Okay, hang on. I think let's go back to the intro here then. Apertoes, little. Here they are once again, Men Without Hats with the classic, The Safety Dance. Two, three, four. Three, four. The cough. <laughs> Eight. He's just nine, nodding. Ten. And looking around 11, with the shades. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Here it comes. Sixteen. S S S A. But this is still an intro. Is he, he's, uh, he's saying S-S-S-S. That's not reverb, right? He's saying it four times. Yeah, no, he's adding his own, yeah. We can dance if we want to. On the low-key spoken first verse. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Maybe he's trying to... We can go where we want to. Perhaps he's trying to uh, modernize it with a little more of a rap feel. Is that what I'm seeing here? I guess, but... His his voice is so iconic, and that song was huge. Okay, I know, I know, but that's what I think. He's like taking it to this level. Here we go. I want to hear when he gives her the onions. Okay, Who uh, backup singer fired out a... Is that the copper? What's that? The backup keyboard, one of the keyboard players. I know, is it the coffer that, that just chimed in? Yeah. No, not the coffer. The other one. Oh, okay, hold on a second here. <laughs> yeah, it was not the coffer. It if was you're the facing other him, keyboard the player. The coffer's on the right. But the coffer comes in with this lick. This is the cough girl, and it comes. I mean, it's it's just she clams it up a bit to start Aww. in here. But let's listen. Oh dear! Oh! Oh, here comes the guitar. It's a and nice the build, riff. actually. Here's the riff on the synth. And now the real singing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds great. Those, those backups were so so loud. He's like singing, and all of a sudden, there's like, oh, that's it, don't dance, don't dance, it's so loud. Play it again. That's not on him, though. Okay, listen. <laughs> Like clearly, the audio engineer is like that's that's not like it's as loud, if not louder, than the main vocal. Aww. <laughs> so did he? You know what? It's still great. Wow. Oh. 
like and so the the guitar player that only has he he's only got sideburns and like that's it no hair <laughs> just sideburn i know the maths sideburn guy <laughs> and he he fires a he's like okay here's my moment right mm-hmm. but he fires a lick and right at the end like the here this is me at the end here hold on listen <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Okay, listen. <laughs> just right. <laughs> throws a leg right in there. There goes Steve Vai Not... on the way out the door. <laughs> kind of more like if you're leaving, then like you slip down the last four steps. <laughs> like a gif of a guy shoveling and then he falls on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Play it again. Because <laughs> it sounds like he uh, he really kind of wanted to do this lick, but it was kind of ham half-assed, and he kind of stumbles through it. So you heard it again. Did the singer shoot him a dirty look? No, he's... No, all smiles. Too many cameras. <laughs> oh, man, the mix is just so all over the place. I know, but that's not his fault. No, it's not. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what's kind of hindering it a little bit, where the backups are, like, louder than everything. But whatever. I mean, it's... You guys must have had to lacking. do those. It's lacking in the meat and potatoes of the song. Did you have so to all do you're kinda, you're just hearing like though? a little Oh for sure. You guys must have but, done that so like good what morning I'm Austin like, and stuff. If you're doing one of these shows, maybe I don't know, it like you gotta kinda beef up the bottom end a little more with uh I don't know, is there is there a bass player even? <laughs> Everything's just keyboards. <laughs> no, it's like because the uh, sideburns is the only guitar player, and it's two keys and a bunch of like equipment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like boxes of stuff with buttons on it. Is there a drummer? No, it's just the beatbox. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, he's giving her the onions now. Yep, this part. <laughs> Is this part even in the song? I feel like this it happens, might be. Because it's, it's happened three times now. Is that part of it? <laughs> I guess it is. Do you know what it feels like? How long do we oh, have? Oh, they're doing the... Look. They're hammering this again. Is that the coffer? I think... I think this... I think that that part is made up with the S, this SAFT dance. 
No, I think that's part of it. I remember that from the original. Okay, hold on. I'm going to the... Here we go. Do you know what I think it is? Here's the original. Yeah, so much venom. Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, there's no... Yes. I'm looking for that bump 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 now. I really don't think that happens. It's such a jam. You know what it feels like? Yeah. Never happens that other thing. Mm. That was just kind of a That was a rift. To me it feels yeah. like the local bartender that was going to stop by with holiday cocktails you can make at home was a no-show. So they said to these guys, can you vamp? How long do we have for safety dance? 12 minutes. Okay. Because why is it so sluggish? They had like the Rocky sound going there. How long is this clip? Because we've been talking about it for 14 minutes now. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've rewound it a bunch of times. But. but really, how long was the performance on the show? Like four minutes. It's still long. <laughs> four and a half minutes, which is pretty long for TV. Maybe... Uh, Next time, axe the safety dance spelling part. But the second time. She's kind of butchering the riff here. Like, break it down once, maybe not twice. Yeah, I think it's, uh, we're just not dealing with the tightest band of the year. That's all. Bless their hearts. Yeah. Anyway. So now you know. It's really a great song. They're still banging. Are they? Yeah, sure. That was uh, not that long ago. Seven years ago. You think they're still out there? Sure. Yeah. I'd go see them. What was another uh, Home Without Hats jam? How about Hungry Like the Wolf? Yeah. (laughs) Remember the horny part at the end? What's that about? There's like a horny part at the end, it's right? Like the breakdown with the exhaling. Like, the, oh, there's like, oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I was yeah, in there. Right, right. Ah! <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, there's a woman moaning in the background. Here's the louder here. <laughs> the radio version's louder, I think. Ah, like, what the hell's that about? Like, just burling on cocaine in the studio. Donovan's probably doing the recording it. And they're like, oh, let's get the real deal going, mates. Was it you that told me that Simon Lebon made incredible real estate decisions in the 80s 
and bought up parts of London that were seen as kind of downtrodden and old warehouse buildings and stuff. And now he's a squillionaire. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Bought at all. all kinds of like, all kinds of like brick buildings that were falling apart and stuff like 10,000 yeah. square feet, 20,000 square feet. And now oh, they've all man. skyrocketed. Um, Mike Smith, Television's Bubbles, and I, with some other friends, were in a cover band briefly called The Should Have Been Gones, and it was an 80s cover band, and our version of Hungry Like the Wolf was sick. And we did... Was it? I was guest hosting... Did you do the... Did anyone do the yells at the end? That no, not Smith? not the dead erotic parts, but I was guest hosting I can, I definitely not imagine. the opera on CBC Radio one week, yeah. and we opened the show. No way. Yeah. Playing That's Hungry classic. Like the Wolf. I'm playing it well, and by the were, way. You were singing it? Yeah. Were you playing guitar? No. Were you playing the keys? No, no, there were heavier players than me. Um, so you were just singing? I was just singing. Were you snapping? Doing the finger snaps? Yeah, for sure. Gotta do the finger snaps. Had the Simon LeBon hair. Um, Jeremy Taggart... I wanted to mention before we go any further, there's a woman named Mandy Marr. She's a bud. She's from New Brunswick. And she has a little uh, company where she makes onesies for babies. And so cool. I, I bought some for my friend Sarah. She has like ones that say freeloader, like that that kind of stuff, like funny baby onesies. Um, so she said, would it be okay with you if I made like uh, – little mask or little bud one. Oh, she has one like that says I suck, for example. So I was yeah. like, yeah, go for it. So there are now, she has a tiny little mask onesie and she has a little bud onesie. Um, her name is nice. Mandy Marr, M-A-N-D-I-M-A-H-E-R. And I think it's called Turd Productions. Oh, um, okay. So if you wanted a onesie that says tiny little mask, <laughs> uh, that's where uh, you can track Mandy down on the Facebook machine. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I love the idea of like a kid wearing a tiny little mask onesie. By the way, I want to thank uh, Sarah Dunsworth for sending Lisa and I a beautiful package of John Dunsworth's goodies. Like uh, t-shirts, the actual Dick Shitnary, like his crazy book that's incredible. Awesome. And his beautiful aviators. Have you seen the, the Dunsworth aviators? Why, like, I ordered sunglasses. a pair. Yeah, Definitely. so thanks, Sarah, for hooking me up. But man, uh, the legend just grows on as when you know when you when you look at the book and just everything about him. You you've told me so many great things about John and the way he kind of. I met him a couple times. Um, I never got to really spend too much time with him, but uh, what a man and. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the gifts, and I will be uh, using them for sure. Consider this. Uh, Sarah posted something recently, and, and by the way, as incredible as John was, each of his kids is incredible in their own right, too. They're four very distinct, wonderful personalities. Um, yeah. And, and Sarah is just a, a wonderful person and uh, spirited and principled and funny and all the things. But imagine you lose a parent, which is hard enough. Mm -hmm. Now imagine you lose a parent who has a thousand gifts of them on social media. And imagine you lose a parent who means so much to so many people. And everywhere you go, people totally. want to stop you and tell you 
what your dad meant to them. And it's yeah. it's well intended and it's sweet and it's sincere and people do it because they loved him and they want her to know that and it's um, it, there's no malice. But imagine how some days you would just maybe not want to grieve your public dad publicly. You would yeah, want to sure. grieve your private dad privately. Yeah, never thought well, about that well, before till till she um, posted <clears throat> it. But uh, John was like John was the ultimate bod. John was um, of any of the people on Trailer Park Boys the one that showed up with a smile on his face every day knew what lightning in a bottle it was knew how lucky we were to be getting to do this and he was just one of the great characters of all time the whole world was a social experiment to him and uh he just like the gas for his tank was seeing how people reacted yeah. in different situations also a uh very learned and uh, a lot of work like that, he he did a lot of things, right? A lot he worked his ass off on a lot of different levels. Yeah, that people probably wouldn't know, but uh, you know, just sometimes people think of actors and they see if they get a bit part or a, that becomes massive uh, in a, in a character, they they look at it and they think that that oh, it was just kind of a one off, and that guy probably is you know just some drunk guy. You know what I mean? That's funny. But he's so like of all the people I've ever met, maybe in Canadian media television, like the uh, the layers to him are not not unlike Stomp and Tom Connors when you because everybody the that legend you talk grows about right. Him, yeah, no, but just how he was like that. You know, they'll say something about Stomp and Tom was there and like they met him and he went like the extra mile on something really cool and was just part of the community on so many levels he did an That's, episode you know, of tnt remember like the third episode or something yeah super early yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. He's such an interesting cat. He put a winch in the back of his truck and collected rocks on the side of the 103 <laughs> highway on his way home from trailer park every day. So yeah. he had like he slowly built a, built a rock wall. There's a video of yeah. that on, on YouTube about his um, uh, project of building this wall. Um, one of my favorite stories. I, I Sorry, I, I just really appreciate those types of people that are just so ambitious and would, you know, a lot of people in life will think, well, I want to try and do this. And it's cert a certain aspect of, of art or culture that they haven't tried before. And then they say, no, I'm not going to do that. And I won't bother. But, you know, John was one of those people who went right to the end of the idea, whatever it was, no matter where it went. You know what I mean? Big time. There's something to be said about that, that ambition that's like about, uh, creating uh, a goal and accomplishing it no matter what it is it's uh so cool sorry i'd cut you off we'll put, no no uh, no we'll he, continue. he was so um uh generous with his time like you, you never felt like he was in a rush or he didn't have time to hear what was on your mind or uh had to be somewhere like i i, I can imagine it might have been a little frustrating to be someone trying to make plans with him or hold him to a certain time or something because he was just so yeah. open to adventure and whatever came along that he would just kind of follow his nose and drift and yeah. well i i can't remember if i told you i love this story my friend mike was working on a house to tell you this and mike which mike mike tompkins is his name and he went out uh to lunch 
and oh is this the bathtub yeah yeah story? Uh, yeah this is the best it's the best he comes back to this house he's <laughs> renovating and dunsworth's lying in the tub it's empty of course it's like a new tub at an old house yeah. he's just kind of sitting there with his arms on the side taking it in mike was like i'm not gonna say anything i'm just gonna see how this plays out so john uh sat in the tub for probably 10 minutes he stood up and said this can be nice and left just kind of taking it in trying it out yeah and also fucking with him too like just loved a good gag yes (laughs) right that's the best part it's like you know sometimes people just understand the right uh length you can take with the the certain personality and he did that i'm sure that's great yeah for sure i mean it's it's really neat to see his kids thrive and um you know do wonderful things in the world and be wonderful people and uh as i think i've said before one of the things i i admire most about him is seeing all the seeds of kindness that he planted in his life quietly and for the right reasons never for attention seeing all those people come out of the woodwork and say he paid my rent he gave me a job when i didn't have yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah and i, I love that what i'm talking about when i yeah. when i was uh you know in my early 20s and he ran a casting agency in halifax he would call me and say we need a scientist uh like 50 year old scientist for this thing and i'd be like what are you calling me for i can't do that but he thought i could and what a nice vote of confidence. Didn't matter that I didn't think yeah. I could. He believed I could. Mm-hmm. And what a well, nice... you could. You just were not 50. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't 50. But what a, what yeah. a nice person to have in your corner. And I am one of thousands of people who would say that. It was wild. We were... We haven't talked about it, it much since, but we were together, you and me, on our book tour. And in a 24-hour period, John died, which was yeah. really completely unexpected and then gore downey died which we knew was kind of coming but it it was also a surprise it it was just such a weird combination of being excited for this book that you know we'd worked hard on and couldn't wait for it to come out and then these two gigantic inconceivable um yeah, well, we had that awesome show in, Tor- in in Toronto. That was the day of that show in Toronto to the point where we were almost like, well, should we even play? Like, we should maybe we should not do this. Yeah. Just because the vibes were just so down. And, and then I remember uh, before ended- before the first intermission, we did Head by Century and everyone sang along and it was so healing. Yeah. I will never forget that. It was really special and... Clattenburg was there, remember? We invited him up to yeah. talk about Gord. Yep. Yeah, no, it was great. We had a Gord and John. It was like uh the perfect person to talk to. Yeah. To kind of heal is because he had this sneaky relationship with Gord. Not yeah. sneaky in terms just sneaky in terms of like how deeply friends they were. They were, they were tight. very huge friends. And uh um just obviously john you know mike seeing the beauty of what john could do and and uh making it kind of flourish and taking everything that he had and making making great things of it so yeah that really helped to have mike there to kind of uh give us some some feedback on the on the on the soul ship 
<laughs> well, Mike directed the video for the darkest one, which was a hip song, and then he did. I'm trying to remember the name the name of the song. Which the darkest one? I was actually there on the video shoot. Were you? That, like that? Yeah, yeah. We were like like hanging. I don't know if I drove drove them there or like just stopped by there, but like that was. Uh, and Don Cherry yeah, we was there too, right? Times. Yeah, yeah. I remember rolling in and uh, just uh, seeing the big, because they were shooting it at, at night and you see like they had that huge engine hoisted up, the one that Gord's like carrying by himself in the video and uh, Don Cherry just kind of there. It was pretty bizarre. Pretty um, classic Canadianity. Yeah. And then Mike did the video in Stanley Park with the polar bear. For one of Gord's songs from Coke Machine Glow. I can't remember which one. What is... Yeah. Yeah. uh, What is your um, interaction or what have your interactions been like with Don Cherry? Uh, Always pleasant, you know. Like, I don't think he knew me from anything, but I I saw him enough times, like maybe three or four times in a a certain amount of, of time that he knew me and remembered me kind of. And, uh, yeah, just kind of um, the uncle guy that you know is rambunctious and loud and fun and can sometimes says stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's it. Like, I, he never did that to me, but uh, literally I was like, hi, how's it going and what's happening? So um, I never knew anything further, but... Uh, um, I, I don't know. I think he 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 probably had to to on a regular basis in his mind push the envelope, I think. But you can't push the envelope with stuff that like gets you fired in at, in a workplace. You know what I mean? You can push the envelope with anything you want, but as soon as you start start saying things that are uh create segregation in the room then it's that's not cool which he's always done um yeah he's always done like there are but honestly there are interviews with him on w5 and stuff from from the 80s yeah talking about how what you don't think canadians should have the jobs here like you open the door for five minutes you're gonna hear it yeah if you're talking about certain things and uh and that's bullshit to say stuff like that. So, you know, whenever you do that, that's what happens. You know, I... So that's... Like, there's great things about this country, but the whole, you know, wish things were the way they are, like, that stuff just isn't... That's not the... That's not the stuff of good stuff. That's the stuff of bad stuff. You know, it's all about kind of trying to harness the situation as it comes and uh, love never changes in terms of the people in the room. So, um, I, I uh, you know, and growing up in Canada, there was a lot of that. Yeah, big and time. you still see it with certain people in your families that are, um, they, they're the first to start piping up about immigration and piping up about, uh, you know, all, all of those kind of, strict conservative bullshit things that keep Fox News running on a regular basis and got rebel news kicked off the air because I figure Canada at some level has a better idea of what media is allowed to be, even though it's still 
a mess. So, yeah, I. Uh, it's easy to give a hall pass and, and just say like, oh, well, he's of a certain age, old dogs, new tricks, yeah. blah blah blah. But I look at my father-in-law who turned eighty-one this week, um, fit, vital, uh, came from a small town, worked in farm machinery his whole life, uh, is not from a multicultural part of the world. He's so progressive about um, who should be allowed to date who and who should be allowed to love who. And um, even from social issues to apps, he's like yeah. just open. Like, wait, show me that thing. Oh, that's cool. You know what? I mean, I don't think any of that stuff. Like, there's. I have a lot of older friends and family that are very open and... Um, it, it, you know that old-fashioned thing is just a, a kind of a a veil for racism, generally. You know, I had two friends who were dudes in their nineties, and they were kind of night and day. One was like, "Where have you been? Tell me, what's it like there? What do people do for work? What's the weather like there?" Like, like a sponge, like wanting to learn. And the other guy was yeah. like, "Ugh, food isn't that great in here." And there's such opposite ends of the outlook pendulum because one yeah. guy's world was so small and the other guy's world well, was open and big and um, full you know, of life. You, you know how you keep, you keep your world small when you're going to another place and you're trying to find a KFC? Things, <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to keep things how you are and how things that you normally like and you're not comfortable unless you're doing what you really want to do. When you go somewhere else, uh, and uh, it's more about what you're doing and going to the places that you like and getting to eat what you want. If, if you start getting bummed out when you're traveling, you know what? You're probably an asshole. <laughs> because <laughs> the idea of being out and living and going to do things is conversations with people that you don't know and learning things that you don't know and uh, uncovering things that you have no idea and sometimes those things are uncomfortable at first you know or, or boring even but eventually that's the only path to to a great day or a great conversation or a great opportunity or things that blow your mind because they had nothing to do with what you wanted to do you know what i mean it's more about allowing things to happen and giving yourself an opportunity putting yourself in a position to experience something new. It's like and that it's Anthony Bourdain how... quote, uh, which I won't butcher, yeah. but the sentiment is you can pretty much find something in common with everyone, sit down, have a drink with them. Exactly. Let's take a break, That's ski bot. A break, ski. Yellow. So things aren't great in Oilers Nation. <clears throat> Understatement no. of the century. Like yesterday. Well, they were a month. A month ago, things were like, this is the best of all time. And I know. They are, sure were. Yeah. It's um, kind of leaf-like. It's very Toronto Maple Leafs-esque with the highs and lows. And the lows happen towards playoffs. But yeah. It so is. Let's hear it. The, the, the issues are the same as they, they have been for a long time. We probably still need a goalie. We need more defense. We need more than two superstars to carry the whole team. Yeah. Um, but there was same as everyone ever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And most nights you can get by because you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and one or both of them will do miraculous things and that's enough. But when it's not enough, which it hasn't been lately, it just makes, 
uh, for glaring holes in the depth of the team that doesn't exist. So morale is low. They are on a a crazy losing skid. They're losing to teams they should be beating. Everyone's really frustrated. Connor McDavid was ejected from a game recently. Like Like the wheels are just coming off the bus. The Oilers fans are calling for a coaching change. But I forget if it would be the 10th coach in the time that Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been an Oiler, um, which is not really that long. This is like the, I don't know, sixth or seventh year for Dreisaitl and McDavid. Like, it shouldn't be this way. And people are like, McDavid's going to want to trade. He's going to want to get out of there. Um, Anyway, there are so many problems, it's almost hard to know where to start. So Mm -hmm. the other day, Leon Dreisaitl is doing a press conference, and he's frustrated. And Jim Matheson, who is a Hockey Hall of Fame reporter, says, basically, do you think it's do you think it's any one thing specifically? And Leon, who's frustrated, says, well, I, I think it's everything. It's everything. And Jim says a word that I hate. There are a couple of words that I hate. One is snotty. I don't like yeah, when people are described gross. as snotty. And another one is yeah. pissy. It, like pissy I have a visceral p- reaction piss, to it. Piss is great. Pissy I don't use, but piss is solid. You yeah. like piss a lot. I, I have a physical I reaction to piss. piss. I have a physical yeah. reaction to piss. I don't like panty when it's said with no T. Oh, you have your panties on? Um, I don't well, like the disca- C that's, word, that's, C-U. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, well, like a bristle when I hear that. Yeah. Um, also, sure. milk I'm not a fan of. Canada I find hard to say. But pissy is a word I have a, a visceral physical reaction to. It was just so shocking to hear a reporter in that context say, don't get pissy with me. And yeah. Leon's like, I'm, I'm not getting pissy. Um, and basically, Leon was saying, well, why don't you tell me what the problem is? Because you seem to know everything. Yeah. Um, it, it's just interesting. Is, I know the, the Leafs is a crazy, intense hockey market, is, too. Yeah, but what's the guy's name? Jerry Mathers. Jim Matheson. Is is he uh is he like the Steve Simmons of Alberta, or Edmonton? Like just talking. Is he a headline guy? Like talk shit and get get people to read it. And I guess say something like the hot dog stand. Well, here Kessel. Here's what I imagine. Yeah, as you well know, being a Leafs fan. It must get yeah. really hard to find things to write about. Well, I know. And also, I, you know, like get, being in Toronto, you know, the sports columnists and, and some of them are paid to write headlines and create controversy. Like Steve Simmons. He's a clickbait guy. Uh, yeah, only. Yeah. There's no other button on his brain other than like reaction. Like Joe Warmington you know styles. I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah, like pu- push. Hey, I'm gonna shove my stick in the beehive. That's the only way I can get action because no one's gonna read dynamic writing about something that actually happened. Right. I'm gonna just poke, poke a sting, and it's like, man, if you want to talk about like uh, change the channel, you know what I mean? Like really, um. I, it's hard for me to feel sorry for certain, you know, conceptual ideas of people not buying papers anymore. Because when you read shit like that 
you know, and especially like the Toronto Sun, by it's like everybody in there, you just have to write something that people will be like, oh my God, what? Like, that's fucking makes me sick. You know, it's so lazy and stupid and wasteful and only creates uh, division because it's first and foremost bullshit made up, but people believe it. And then that creates a ball of, of, you know, we see what happens every day in, in American culture with since Trump got into power. You know, the idea of using propaganda to, it doesn't even matter anymore. You sway enough people, uh, the question comes up. I know. The, now, the thing I don't believe is when people ask or, or write, like, it doesn't even seem like they want to win. I don't believe that for a moment, that any no, premium athlete doesn't yeah. care about winning. I just no. don't believe that. So but that's what all of the all the clickbait guys say, like, you know, if if my high school football team or my high school hockey team was better than this team, like that's the typical response from a clickbait soul. You know what I mean? Uh, like listening to Boston after a game on Boston radio. Have you ever done that? Like you've been in when Boston they just rip the guy apart. The Collins, like the call-in shows. It's uh, something to be seen and heard because like it's just you get these people that are just out of their mind on something that doesn't even exist. Or, you know, if something goes wrong, for like I'm sure right now, like if you listen to the Patriots, like people are just like jumping off roofs over the team and talking like it's the religion of sports in Massachusetts is like... So it's like that's it's it's the whole thing, man. It's like sports is uh, like you have the beautiful performance and actual artistry that happens on that top level. And it's why we watch the sport and it happens with the team and the decisions that are made, the coaching, the whatever, the 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 the, the decisions that make great sport. And it's across the board watching athletes perform at that level it's fantastic it is but the the stuff that like after that happens when that the 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 buzzer's gone and the fucking game's over it goes back to these other guys and now it's their narrative right and so it's like you know cut from the the just performance and amazing back to this you know reaction to that so and that reaction is based on trying to sell the content that they're making. So they can't just say, wow, that was the best, most, how many, you know, different words can you use to say great goal by Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid? You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's, it gets old pretty fast to try and just like, you know, even Hunter S. Thompson, they hired him because he was kind of crazy in his reaction to what was going on. So uh, I don't think people would buy, you know, the paper because the guy writes like Hemingway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's just like they've created this kind of monster where um, either give me the, the actual numbers and play the actual ABCs of what happened, which you don't really need 
report it anymore because it happens instantly online. So I think it becomes, you have to be some kind of stupid narrative like Phil Castle's eating at the hot dog stand again. Right. Because you can't, you can't really compete when it's like you got all these other people just firing out actual numbers and statistics of what happened. So you have to kind of just like throw the monkey on the trapeze to try and finish your column and get your 250 bucks for the, for the article. So here's the weird that's thing. That's the other thing. That's the fucking other thing. That's like, remember back in the day, you get a, a, a piece printed, you're getting 2,500 bucks every time ink is pressed on a different paper. And now it's like 250 for your article and, they stamp it all over town, and that's the end of it. Like, it's the money is unbelievable. There's nothing there. Yeah. So, like, the Steve Simmons and these types that have had jobs for 40 years, uh, you know, like, it's, uh, it's based on the uh, outlandish headlines that they can create, right? I know. And workload-wise, I think about that with journalists being asked to write a story for a newspaper about a murder trial live tweet the murder trial and shoot a piece of video for the newspaper's website about the murder trial um you're also your own camera person you have to record audio you have to edit your own pieces like uh it's 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 like much music in the 90s yeah it is so speaking (laughs) of speaking of divisive and um, athletes that want to win, uh, Evander Kane is available. He is uh, has a very complicated, ugly history. Um, he has had uh, multiple chances to turn the page and failed. So one thing the yeah. Edmonton Oilers don't need at this particular moment is uh, a project or a distraction. And no, this is very divisive because people are like, he's a, by all accounts, kind of a not great person, but he's a great hockey player. And that's where business and the business of sport gets so complicated and potentially ugly. People make the argument that he should be allowed to have a second chance. That is true. Um, I feel like he's had a second chance and maybe even a third and fourth one. And at this particular moment, it's interesting that a professional sports franchise has the layer of pressure to make the right decision for the optics of it and what they want to say we're we're about. If if there's questionable things, there's lots of guys that are out there that have done questionable things. It's more about if they start winning or not. You know, I know at this point, and that's the problem with that team is they can't really find anybody. I'm a it's bigger fan it's of always good decisions the than I am a winning hockey. No team. different, no different than baseball playoffs. It's always the same pitchers. Like it comes down to defense. You always see the same goalies and defensemen in the playoffs. It's true, right? Over time, it's like, oh, wow, one of the best defensemen of all time. Yeah, I was in like nine Stanley Cup playoffs, right? (laughs) So 
It's always the same thing. Great goaltenders. Yeah. Hard to find, but if you get one, you ca- you can't win without them. I know, but I love I love the that, idea of like Carey Price coming to Edmonton. Sure, um, I'm sure he likes it. He probably likes it more than you think. He'd you know? get a new start. He needs a new start for crying out loud. The guy's had a Hall of Fame career without winning anything. I know. Like if you're that if you're that good, losing all the time, then. Go somewhere else. I know, you know and that's no, when... No offense to the Habs fans, but uh, that's how it is. I don't care. That's when the Figure conversation of, like, when people compare McDavid to Crosby and say McDavid's better, at the same time, Crosby is so decorated and accomplished in ways that McDavid has never been. I know, but the thing about Crosby, the, the, the ultimate and the biggest thing with Crosby is his work ethic and his longevity you know what I mean and that kind of all those other things that like he's like a Federer a, a Tiger Woods type person where there's just this the innate drive that's that keeps him going is at such an elite level that's just Hall of Fame stuff I love like that we're Mary doing a real live sports dicks we didn't oh yeah, we're doing full on sports dicks. It was my fault because I I wanted to talk about. You the started Oilers. it. I feel weird. Like I don't I don't want to not support my team, obviously, and I don't want to poke them with a stick when they're down. Um, but it, it just does seem like there's something rotten in Denmark. Yeah, like is having a superstar do? a bad thing? I don't know, but this song might save it. You ready? Yeah. Spano Ballet, this much is true. You know this. That's about how the Oilers are sucking. When I was a kid, I'll tell you what I thought it was. Hostess, munchies, true. What? Hostess munchies, true. Munchies? Hostess munchies? Don't you remember Hostess munchies? Oh, Hostess munchies. Are you, was that an that was an ad that you hoped happened? That's what I thought the actual lyrics of this song were. No, you did Hostess not. Hostess Munchies True. Yes, I did. You thought it was Hostess Munchies? Well, when did that come out? Like 80 what? 83. Yeah, so I was, well, I was too old to think it was that, but I genuinely did. Yeah, you were 11 or whatever, and you're like, this song is weird. Hostess Munchies True, but... You're 10... Sound! It's so loud. Like when this song starts, you think he's gonna be singing all quiet. Isn't the, this is what? Like, uh, ah! It's so loud. Set a drift on memory bliss. Sampled this song, right? Oh yeah. You knew he was gonna sing loud when he's got that. It's so loud and deep. Good jam. Well, all those, all those guys that go like that can sing quiet like that, or they're they're like they pound it like the who's the long haired the the uh, the guy from Breakfast Club that guy he sings all loud. Who remember that song, the Breakfast Club song? Hey hey the, hey hey. Yeah, ooh, 
yeah, yeah. Jim from uh, Simple said, Plans. She, no, Simple Minds. Oh, no, Simple Minds. Is it Simple Minds that had that? Yeah. No, Simple Minds is the redheaded guy. Uh, that was I'm simply red. The, uh, that was simply red. Simply, it's simple Minds. Oh, Simple Minds. Yeah, Simple Minds. Jim the guy Kerr. has the big, <laughs> voice. Same as this guy. But super quiet in the verse, like, right? Don't you get up on me. Here, part. That's fabricated 1980s emotion, man. I also love at the end of the lines when they go. <laughs> yeah, so sad. It is sad when you're just trying to talk about relish. When you're singing like that. This is the Gotta get the emotion out, right? Did Thomas Dolby have anything to do with Dolby sound? Great question. <laughs> is this She Blinding with Science? Yeah. What year was this? 1983. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You dig this one? No. No, not at like, all. I don't it's a know if they act. were. It's like Dark Commissar or one of those. Falco. Like putting on the Ritz. It's a, kind of a one-hit wonder deal. Do you, uh... Like, it's one of those songs where I always thought was, like, producer music. You know, like, like Herbie Hancock? Like... <laughs> well, no. Herbie Hancock is jazz. Like, a great jazz musician, but... Producer music, meaning like, oh yeah, that guy like was you know a big engineer and did all these albums and figured out how to get reverb horny or fucking did some kind of flange or an envelope filter. I saw a clip the other day <laughs> with Dr. Dre, and he's talking yeah. about the first time he met Eminem, and in the first mm -hmm. two minutes of knowing him, he was like, "You want to play me some beats?" And Dr. Dre was like, "Yeah, sure, I have this one." Doom, boom, boom. And he said the second time it went through, Eminem went, my name is, boom, my name is, boom, my name is, sure. so they'd known each other two minutes and already had that beat and that hook. Yeah. Chocolate and the peanut butter, man. Good jams never fault. Good jams right? never fault. That's how it is. If you got a beat and it's horny, guess what? People get horny. Right? There's no lying. No, there's you no lying. You, you can't deny it. No, like if, if, if it's a horny beat, people get horny. That's how it is. That's actually like distilled right down. No stopping That's, it. You can't really deny any of that. No. There it no is, dice. Just let's. I remember this one. Hold on. One more jam. One more class. You can tell I'm winding her down. I know. You're, are you, what's, where are you staying? Where are you? In the Diego? I'm in San Diego. Yeah, and what place? Um, I'm at Paradise Point. <laughs> Paradise Towers? So here's what happened. That's I literally... Had... No, that's literally like... San Diego is Three's Company, and Paradise Towers is Three's Company. Coming on our door. <laughs> so um, yeah. <laughs> I had to... You're right there. I had to travel here for work. Uh, wasn't sure about it. 
uh, made some provisions to ensure that it would be as safe as possible. And I have to travel somewhere else in America for work. And so I'm killing a couple of days here instead of going back to Canada and then coming back. Love it. Yeah. I love it. You should do a... You would, and you spent a little time on the beach, did you? I did. I went for a long walk in Coronado. Coronado is really nice. the best. It's the best. It is the best. That's my favorite hotel on the West Coast. What, the Hotel Dell? Coronado Island. Yeah. It's got like that horny, like Stan Laurel and Hardy vibes. Yeah, it's like, also. Oh, here's Mar- Marilyn Monroe is here. Oh, yeah, because it was banging from back in the day. You're like sitting on the on the beach and like big huge B fifty two bombers are ripping over. It's a pretty Going special Camp place. Pendleton for sure. there. I like it. I can I can hang. Tory Pines up on the hill. It's not bad. I know it's not bad. It's a good spot. Hey, uh, Pendy Ter- Taylor Pendrith is playing Tory Pines next week. No way. Yeah. Is he tearing it up? He's all, he's on the PGA tour. He's starting getting things going. Amazing. He's in La Quinta this week. Uh, one under today. I love just La Thursday. And uh, hopefully he gets things going this week. Oh uh, yeah! Ne- next week it's all days in San Diego at the Tory Pines. Well, I'll be gone by then. But okay, hit a jam. On the all right, mate. I need to get some dinner. Oh, going. you want me? Well, let me see if I can. Uh, yeah, here. <laughs> well, hold on. Uh, my name is. I want to get this one going, but it's is... not playing, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to switch it to something else. Okay, here we go. Okay, bye, bud. Bye, bud. Oh, hold on. Bye, bud. Oh, it's a, it's good a man jam. eater. Oh yeah, it's a good yep. jam. Here we go. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Watch out, bud. Watch out, bud. Good chat. Good chat. Oh. Oh.